0: Hello, I'm Eric Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be discussing if it's possible to be transparent. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. I am Eric Lacasse, and today is April 5th. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with me today. I am going to be speaking about, is it possible to be transparent, especially in this day and age? And honestly, the title is kind of a red herring, but not quite because, you know, I was praying about it and I was really, you know, discussing things with God. And um, the other title or thought was, What If I Stumble? And I'm sure you're wondering, what in the world does transparency and stumbling have to do with each other? But stick with me, and I think that you'll uh, understand once I I get to the nitty-gritty of it. So, I am... When I do this podcast, I pre-record typically a day in advance. So, when I tell you it's April 5th, that's because that's when I have posted it. Today is actually April 4th, which for me can be a very... Sad day. Um, It is the anniversary of my best friend's death. About 26 years ago, my uh, best friend, Verdell Lucas, died of heart failure at the age of 11. I too was 11 at the time. And uh, April 4th obviously is a really hard time for me. It was the first time I ever experienced a death personally in my life with somebody that I, I knew and I loved. And it was sudden. There was no time to be able to say goodbye. And I think that it's a lot more difficult to come to terms with death like that than it is when you have somebody um, who may be be dying of cancer and you have the opportunity to say everything that you've wanted to say to them before they died. So for me today is a really difficult day. I wasn't sure if I was even going to be able to do the podcast, but Um, this is what God had on my heart this whole week is like, you know, is it possible to be transparent? And when you look at transparency or the word transparent in the dictionary, there's actually a lot of different, uh, definitions. In fact, there's uh, the first couple are about refracting light and things of that nature. But the sixth one, which actually had to do with what I meant, what I mean when I say transparent is that you're open, frank and candid. So, when you go to honesty, what does honesty mean in the dictionary? You have truthfulness, sincerity, or frankness. And then, all these words are connected, I promise. Then I looked up the word integrity, which means adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty. So they all tie in together. Um, honesty, some people, you know, I actually got this quote off Google, honesty is not expressing everything that goes through your mind. That's transparency. And a person can be honest without being transparent. No one can be consistently honest without a commitment to the truth. Honesty will at times hurt someone's feelings, but that does not mean that dishonesty is preferable. So this is kind of what I'm talking about when it comes to being transparent. Um, It really comes back to being honest. And um, if you have moral character? Do you have integrity? Um, I'm pretty sure I spoke about it. Maybe my very first podcast speaking about my grandfather, who was one of the men of my life that I grew up with, um, living in my grandparents' home with my parents and my sister and, uh, evil cat named Annie. Um, my grandfather was not a believer. Um, to this day, I do not know if I will see him in heaven or not. I believe that I will. I hope that I will, but I don't know. And, um, his thing, which really, you know, he, he believed he was a very good person and he believed in integrity and integrity was everything to him. And so for me, that was my, my grandfather shaped that importance into me growing up. And so for me, transparency and honesty and integrity all go together. And for a lot of people, it doesn't. Um, it's a lot easier And even for me at times as well, to want to beat around the bush when you're speaking to somebody, to say things that, um, may or may not be true, but you don't want to hurt their feelings either. Or you were trying to come across with an idea, but instead of simply just coming out and saying it, you kind of like, you know, you hem and haw and are like, oh, well, I'm not really sure about that's beating around the bush, um, or not quite getting to the point, um. Ask anyone who knows me, I am very much a straight shooter. Uh, I try to tell the truth at all times. The only time I might deviate deviate from that, which I think we all can, you know, give each other grace on this one, is you know, if you're surprising somebody or your kids, or you know, you say like, oh no, like you know, we're we're not really going growing there this time, or you know, it's a surprise, we're going here, or anyways, you know what I'm saying? Um, surprises is kind of a gray area, at least for me. Um, There may be somebody who's even more of a straight shooter than me and just believes in complete honesty at all times. I have learned over the years that, um, like this quote says, honesty will at times hurt someone's feelings. And so because of that, I've tried very hard to learn how to have tact. (laughs) I'm not always successful. You can also ask the people who are uh, constantly... Uh, speaking with me and and in relations uh, with me that I'm not always tactful. Uh, There are definitely times where I've hurt people's feelings because of how uh, blunt I am. Um, There's a way of being honest and having love in what you're saying versus just vomiting on somebody, uh, what, what it is that you're trying to get across. So I, going back to my first experience with, you know, death of a loved one was Dell. And we had a mutual love of a band. That would be my cell phone. Evidently, I forgot to turn it off. Um, We had a mutual love of a band called DC Talk. And our favorite song that we would sing to each other on the phone, 11-year-olds, guys, give us some grace, um, was What If I Stumble which is off the Jesus Freak album. I encourage you to go get it. It is still this day, probably in the top 10 of my very favorite albums of all time. Um, and I still to this day have a really hard time even listening to that song without crying because, you know, Dell and I each had our own little parts and um, listening to it after he died um, was really hard for me, not only because we had that connection with the song, but also because it, if you listen to the lyrics of the the song, you know, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Um, that to me is very different than... Um, that's, that's what kind of goes around the circle with the whole transparency thing. So a lot of times, you know, growing up in church, I would notice, and even some of the churches um, nearby where I live... Um, especially when it came to the leadership or pastors, they would, I don't think it was intentional, um, put themselves up on pedestals and act like they had their whole life together, right? Like, so they would give sermons about, you know, these are things people struggle with, but they never made the connection, like, I too struggle with this. This is something I too deal with. This is something that I'm having a hard time with. I have trouble forgiving someone. I happen to to be angry about this particular situation. Please pray for me. For me, that's the type of transparency that I'm talking about. Like, can we be transparent in this day and age? Because there's a fine line between being transparent and also being foolish. Because you also have to be careful. Who are you being transparent with? Because you can't tell everyone if you told everyone your entire life story, you know that there are people out in the world who would use that against you, even though that wasn't, you know, they could take something that you said out of context and it wasn't necessarily something that you were trying to get across. But for me, the other, one of the main reasons that I walked away from Adonai as a youth was the hypocrisy that I saw in the church. And I know I've mentioned this, I know I mentioned this, I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before that, but you know, where I saw people who would turn their backs on my friend who was pregnant and was not married. And instead of choosing to love her and love the child and, um, you know, you can tell somebody that they're living in sin or that they have done something wrong and still love them. Ostracizing people is not the heart of Yeshua. Yeshua did not come to save those who are well. He came to save those who are sick. And if we are not willing to get out of our own comfort zones and leave our comfort zones and be transparent and tell people, especially non-believers, hey, I too struggle with what you struggle with. I too have had this problem in the past. Then how can we possibly expect them to want to know our Yeshua? Right? I mean, if I was an atheist and I had some believer telling me how great God is. And because I'm a sinner, I need to come to him. To me, from my from that person's perspective, if I was an atheist, I would say, so you're telling me that you're better than me. And because you're better than me, you're talking down to me right now and telling me that I'm a sinner, that I need to get my life right. Like maybe you should focus on your own life. And maybe that's a skewed perception, but I think that for a lot of atheists, that's what they believe. Now, like the first, the quote, which I actually didn't know until I did a little research tonight. um, There's a quote at the very beginning of What If I Stumble, the song. Um, It's by Brennan Manning, who wrote Ragamuffin Gospel. Never heard of the guy. I've actually never heard of the book. I'm sure some of you have. Um, But his quote was, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and get on by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And I was actually what, uh, reading something from a man who actually literally dissected the song, and um, I actually have to agree with him a little bit because I don't know. I don't think that this is actually what the atheists' belief uh, is you know, this is definitely not what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. I think they find it more unbelievable when they find a believer who acknowledges that they are broken and showing all of their sins and their scars and choosing to be vulnerable with others that, and then also showing like, Hey, I still struggle with this, but I'm still a believer and Yeshua still loves me, but I'm trying to walk in the right, right way. Now, if you're, you know, intentionally living in sin that's a totally different story but if you're like everyone else like listening to this podcast including me who struggles with daily things that we try to correct and make right and make ourselves right with god then we should be bringing believers we should be bringing non-believers into the belief of yeshua as messiah and as the one true son of god right but somehow there's some sort of disconnect, especially nowadays, where um, there isn't that. And I think that a lot of it has to do with our transparency. And all of us stumble, right? All of us fall short. But in Matthew 10, you know, it says, um, But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Can you imagine that? I always think of like... You know, if somebody actually were to come up and be like, oh, you believe in Yeshua, and I were to deny that, like, that right there, you, you know, he's going to deny me in heaven. But I think it goes even further than that. If your life in no way reflects reflects Yeshua, and you are basically, with your lifestyle, denying who Yeshua is, Do you not think that perhaps this also means you as well? He will deny you before his father who's in heaven. To me, that's a scary thought and that gets me down on my knees and saying, Lord, please help me help me to not deny you in my, my life and in my walk with you. But if also somebody were to be straightforward and ask me about my walk with Yeshua or who he was to me. And um, it's been a real eye opener right now. We have, uh my son's girlfriend living with us upstairs with my daughter and my son's in a camper so there is some distance there but um it's been an eye opener having somebody who's not a believer live with us because there are times where I'm like you know what Erica would you have changed you know are are you changing the patterns of your lifestyle because you don't want her to see how you normally are and if that is so and when I do recognize that then I need to repent and change my ways Like, for example, if you're watching something that you shouldn't be watching, it could even be just a PG-13 show. But a lot of PG-13 shows have soft porn in them at this point. Then maybe do you need a question, should I be watching this? It's almost like people say, oh, well, you know, you see those bracelets back in the day. What would Jesus do? So, like, if Yeshua was sitting in your living room, would you still be doing the things that you're doing? Would you still be listening to the things you're doing? Would you still be watching the things that you're doing? And I think as believers, we really need to start being more cognizant of that and understanding um, that we cannot continue to live the same way that the world lives. That's not what God has called us to do. Now, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, we have I'm sure you've heard this many, many times, especially nowadays, but um, I think it's true. Second Timothy three, one through five tree of life version. That's the version I happen to um, enjoy the most. It says, but I understand this, that in the last days, hard times will come for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, hard-hearted, unforgiving, backbiting, without self-control, brutal, hating what is good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to an outward form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. So it's, you know, that people are like, oh, well, you know, this is all, you know, those are like unbelievers. Is it? Is everything that he said here just for the unbelievers? Can, un- can we honestly say that we've never been lovers of money, that we've never that we're not boastful at times or arrogant in what we know? Hard-hearted, unforgiving, backbiting? I know so many times in my life I have had to check myself. and thankfully, you know the, the spirit, I try to let the spirit move as freely in my life as I possibly can. Um, I should do more, quite frankly, I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect person living in an imperfect world, and I follow a perfect God. And I'm trying my very best to do what's right, not in my own eyes, but in Yeshua's. Now, we can look literally throughout the entire Bible and find imperfect people that God used for his glory, right? I mean, the best example that I could think of comes to mind is David. David was considered a man after God's own heart, yet he committed adultery and murder. I love it. You know, you go down to uh, 2 Samuel 11 and 12, chapters 11 and 12. You'll read about this story about um, good old David. You know, he, uh, he rose from his bed and strolled on the roof of the royal palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing. So basically, he was creeping up on this woman, like you know, not stalking her, but creeping up on this woman, watching her wa- washing, watching her wash herself. He's on the roof. So, really, it I, I there's no fault at this point from uh Meshiba. However, uh, he murders her husband so he could take her as a wife. And that to me is just it's terrible. However, in Nathan, in chapter 12 confronts david with what he's done and what does david do he repents now there are consequences to david's actions because adonai struck the child that uriah's wife bore to david and he became very sick and david fasted and prayed for that child for a long child a long time and that child still died because god told you because you did this wicked thing i'm going to take away from you And sometimes we need some hard love. And quite frankly, David needed some hard love to get him back on track with God. And sometimes we need that too. And I think that that's where transparency and honesty and integrity come. Because there are a lot of people in our lives and even ourselves where we need to start being honest with each other and honest with ourselves and say, all right, Lord, check me. Put somebody in my life who will show me what your will is. Because if I don't know it already or I'm not doing something that's right, Put somebody in my life who will show me what I need to do. Now, obviously, um, we don't help ourselves when we choose to not show love to those who are not yet believers. So I'm not saying go out there and be like those people, oh my goodness, who hold signs and things and say, you're a sinner, repent, repent for the kingdom is nigh. There is a time and place for that. I don't see that there isn't. However, what are they missing when they do that? Love, right? And that was something I, for years I was missing. I did not understand. In fact, uh, the people that went to middle school and junior high would testify to the fact that I was a professed Jesus freak. But if you swore in front of me, I would punch you. <laughs> I would punch you. And I think back on that now, and I think, wow, Erica, you really, I'm sure brought a lot of people to know Yeshua because of that, like just ridiculousness. There's no love there. Right. So you go to first Corinthians 13, one through 13, and I am going to read it all because it's super important. But the first verse is really what I'm talking about here, where it says, if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Lord, let us not be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I own, and if I hand over my body so I might boast, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not brag, it is not puffed up, it does not behave inappropriately, it does not seek its own way, it is not provoked, it keeps no account of wrong, it does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will pass away. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I've been known fully, oh, sorry, even as I have been fully known. But now these three remain. faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that is something that I've worked really, really hard to portray and to emulate when it comes to speaking with anyone. Now, I totally slip and fall. You definitely ask my family. Um, Shoot, You can ask some of my friends. You know, they might call me on the phone. And I'm not a phone person. And if I'm busy, I will tell you. (laughs) And I might be short with you because I'm busy. Um, And that's not loving. And, you know, if I'm aware that I've done it, then I will apologize for having done it. Um, And I'm sure that I've done it one too many times. But it is something where I feel like, look, if you have something that you want to say on the phone then you say it and then you get off the phone. I'm not one to do small talk. Um, I'm not a fan of small talk, typically. But sometimes it does have its time and place. Um, but it is not typically my forte. So I want you to remember that when you are choosing to be honest, have integrity, be transparent, choose wisely who you are being transparent with. Be honest as much as you possibly can and have integrity while doing it. And throughout, with all of those things, have love. In Ephesians 4.15, it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all ways into Messiah, who is the head. To become more like Yeshua, not only do we need to be honest and transparent, And love each other when we each have struggles, and when we stumble and fall. You know, I don't. Please show me in the Bible where it says, "When your brother falls, leave him there, and don't help him, or turn your back from him." That's like what the Good Samaritan, right? You know, you shouldn't say, "You know, the Good Samaritan." uh, There was no Good Samaritan. All these people just walked past this poor man who uh, was dying in the street. No, the Good Samaritan stopped and helped the man, correct? So we too, especially when you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you, need to stop and help those who are hurting. Whether it's a believer or non-believer, because we all stumble and fall. And I remind you that because of that, we need to deal with each other in love. Now with that, I'm going to leave you once again with my Aaronic benediction. Um, you can find this in Numbers 6, 25 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. B'ashem Shem Yeshua, Yeshua Shalom. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week, and I'll see you again next time. As always, you can reach me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can leave me an email at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com That's E as in Echo, E as in Lima, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike. The number three at ProtonMail.com You can also leave me a voicemail message on Anchor.FM forward slash Erica LaCasse should take you right to Messy Messianic Mama, the podcast, and then there should be a button that you can leave a message for me. It is only a minute long that you can leave one, so make sure that it's short and sweet, and I look forward to hearing from you.